Clay, here we stand at the end of another season of Star Trek. We've completed a whole bunch of seasons of Star Trek at this point. Lower decks are easy because there's only 10 of them in each episode, mm. each season. And we do two per episode, or at least we have this season. So we only had five podcasts about it. But it's over. Always a sense of accomplishment. We get to put our little flag in the sand and say we did it. I get to create another page on the website <laughs> because this one is done. So I make a new one. And that's how I know that I'm living my life into the fullest. What do you think about yeah. ending another season? Here we stand, worlds apart, hearts broken in two. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> that's the thing, man. These these modern seasons are a breeze. They are. It's, it's we just bang bang our way through them and uh, move on to the next thing. But it's the old shows, the shows that demand your patience and your time, <laughs> the ones that really <laughs> start to get you. you start really looking will. at each other. I'm looking at you. You're turning into a big old ham like we're st- stuck in the cabin. That's true. Although maybe the new track is more forgettable. Maybe you just don't settle in. I feel like I know Archer at this point. I don't I don't know if I know Boimler all that well. But mm. we're going to be talking about two episodes of Lower Decks as we have been. The first one, I believe, is Wej Douge, something like that. It's Klingon East. It is the ninth episode of the second season came out on October 7th, 2021. It is four of five in the Pac-Led Conflict, written by Catherine Lynn, directed by Bob Suarez in Universe Day, not specifically known, but it's 2381. In this episode, Boimler tries to find a bridge buddy while the USS Saratos crew has downtime during a long warp trip. The next episode is First First Contact, which is the 10th episode in the season finale of the second season, came out on October 14th, 2021. Five of Five in the Packload Conflict, written by Mike McMahon, directed by Jason Zurich in Universe States, is 28130.62381. In this episode, in the season two finale, the USS Saratos is tasked to aid another starship on the first contact mission. So, as I said, this is the final two episodes of the season. We're done. We have Wej Duj. <laughs> whatever it is in Klingon East. That's the sound that you make when you punch your friend in the shoulder, right? Yeah, I think so. It means three ships. It means three ships in Klingon, which is appropriately titled, I suppose. First First Contact is the finale. Do you want to start with Wej Duj, or do you want to start somewhere else? We typically go in order. I think it makes sense. I preferred Wej Duj than the finale. Um, I... Well, I guess a good place as any to start here is that I did find it extremely funny that in a joke that Lower Decks does about the Vulcans, they completely pinpoint my problem with Enterprise's Vulcans, like in a really fascinating way. They completely, to a point where it's like, this isn't even a joke. This is like, this is realistically how the Vulcans should be because they, um, they should see the slightest bit of irrationality in this case going with a gut feeling as something that this character is losing their goddamn minds this character like right. what's wrong with this person why are they why are they doing this kind of thing i thought it was fascinating what do you think about that stuff the vulcan or not if you want to talk about the klingon stuff i just think the klingon ship story is less interesting than the vulcan one yeah no i thought the vulcan stuff was great i loved it um i i, I thought the whole episode was really good i i uh doing the lower decks on the on the different ships i thought was a great idea 
Um, and the tag at the end with the Borg, I thought was was funny too. Did you sit the whole um, way through the end? I sat expecting I, something to I happen. Did. Yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, I, I did. Well, I was just waiting because <laughs> it was going to play the next one for me. So I was yep. like, yeah, I may as well just watch it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought the Vulcan stuff was great. Um, the only problem I have with it uh, is it sounds like the implication is that Vulcan character is probably going to be on the Cerritos next season. Yeah. And I didn't love her performance. Oh, really? Uh, it, 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 it felt a little bit too stiff for me. Mm-hmm. I think the other the other Vulcans I thought were were better. Um, even through the voice, it, it wasn't, you, you were picking up, even through the voice, just voice performance. You thought it was not, uh, she was a little bit too robotic basically. Yeah. Just a, just a bit. It was, it, 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 I don't know. It didn't bother me that much, but it did stand out. Maybe it's because I've only seen enterprise Vulcans for the past two years and yeah. I, I, I was expecting more passion. No, I, I thought they um, were all kind of, um, robotic, but I thought that it was well, a well-directed choice because they wanted to really hit the joke that they're all extremely yeah, yeah. unemotional about yeah. things and like that they're overreacting, yeah, th- not overreacting. I think it know. works in that. It honestly, it was just the little like little tiny things. Like at one point, I think she said "fascinating," and mm-hmm. whenever whenever I hear "fascinating" in Star Trek, it's Spock who says it. Spock always puts a little bit of zhuzh on it, you know. Yeah, where he he doesn't play it completely straight, and she he said gives the eyebrow. very. He gives yeah, the sarcastic the eyebrow, eyebrow or, or whatever, yeah. Yeah. And she was just very flat with the delivery. And I, I get it. It was fine. But it was, you know, it's a stupid little detail. But yeah. um, but the, as far as the joke goes, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I was watching this going like, this is funny, but it's also accurate. This is, <laughs> this is how this should be. Yeah. And that is what, I mean, I, that's, I think it's one of the better jokes on the show because it is born out of understanding the characters and the humor the is from showing the characters as they are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was good. I like the Klingon stuff. Yeah, I agree. The Klingon stuff probably wasn't as, as strong as, as the other stuff. Um, but it did, uh, I, I was kind of interested in the plot line with, with the Klingons and the, and the Packlids. Yeah. Um, and yet, uh, was this one? Oh, shit, they're running together in my mind. This is the one where they're all they're all hanging out with the the other crew members, right? The 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 characters on the Cerritos. Yeah, the yeah. lower decks guys. Yeah, are they're, hanging they're out trying with to the like make crew. buddies yeah. with the uh, the upper crewmen. Like the this is I, the Hawaiian episode, right? I think this is the Hawaiian. I, yeah, yeah. I, I I literally I literally watched this like an hour ago, yeah. and it, they they just blurred in my brain. No, I watched um, them a couple days ago. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be the, the workhorse <laughs> here for this one because they do blend. But uh, but yeah, it was another it was another case of like I find everybody else more interesting than Boimler. Boimler yeah. is. Yeah. You know his plot line was a little bit boring to me. Uh, I did I did like the button on it though. Like I, I think the button to this plot line is the kind of button I wish they would do more. Where he comes clean, admits that he's not from Hawaii, and then the rest of them admit they're not from Hawaii. But the button is they're all from a moon, so they have their own thing that he's not part sure. of again. Yep. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I thought <laughs> I I I really liked both of these episodes. Uh, if I. I I would say I think the first one was funnier. I think uh, this one was funnier, but I think the next one was just a solid Star Trek episode. Honestly, it just I didn't have many problems with it. It was it was a pretty interesting story. I thought. Yeah, the the second one to me is, um, it, it felt a little bit repetitive at this point. Like it it kind of seems like it's going to be a thing that the 
season finale is a more epic movie scale version of a lower decks episode like the the problem is bigger um i didn't mind it i i thought i maybe i appreciated it more in the first season because it felt kind of novel in that context where they Mm -hmm. hadn't done something like that so it's like oh okay you're gonna do something uh to end the second season or you're gonna do something to end the first season in kind of a cinematic way for lack of a better word uh they just kind of do it here again and I thought it was I thought it was fine. I didn't really have a problem with it, but it's uh, it's certainly less funny, I think, than the mm-hmm. the ninth episode. And I'm not really buying into the pack led stuff all that much at this point. Like yeah. they, they they don't really strike me as all that interesting or something that I want to do. I like the way that it ended. I think that it sets up the third season somewhat interestingly. But Mm -hmm. it did feel just like it was action for action's sake. And because it's an animated show, they can kind of do a a decent job with that sort of thing. But it didn't, um, you know, the funniest bit to me was the uh, the dolphins like talking in their sunset. Oh, I I thought the dolphins was hilarious. (laughs) I really thought the dolphins was funny. (laughs) They're trying to to get uh, Rutherford to take his clothes off. When they they pull Boimler out and they keep seeing like splashing with water, make sure he stays wet. That's good. But that's like that, celebrating with a skinny dip. Yes. Um I I really I really liked when uh uh when when the captain pulled the bridge crew into the into her quarters cuz they were acting passive aggressively towards her and they all kind of said their piece and then uh uh Billups just exploded and yeah. and went on a bit of a ramp. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, arrested um, development uh, bleep style uh commentary yes, on Yeah. Things. Always funnier. Bleeps are always funnier. Anytime like, you watch something that has been bleeped, when they and then you like watch it without the bleeps, it's always it's never as funny as the bleeps. No, the bleeps the bleeps add a lot. I I, I still think that they um they've been doing more with the senior staff, but I, I still continue to like the senior staff as joke sources. I, I think that they I loved better in the first one in the first episode. I loved the joke um of Shrax doing uh uh pottery and then yeah. boimler brings up ghost, ghost style pottery <laughs> yeah and and the, but then 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 boimler brings up um oh, fuck well, my brain's not working he brings up something uh, about bejor yeah he brings, he brings up, up bejor, bejor. fascism he's or like something. oh you didn't put yeah. did you did you pot did you do pottery on bejor and he freaks out and is like no i was fighting fascism and never resisting with every bounce of my being like that's pretty funny that's good i like that fighting fascism is a full-time job i think he says yeah um yeah, they, yeah. They- I was just going to say, I think, I wonder, judging by the way that both of these seasons end, it almost feels to me like this: the finales are the, you, you got a bunch of people in the room who are Star Trek fans, and they're writing this Star Trek, you know, comedy, and they're doing all these send-ups and stuff. It kind of almost feels like the last episode is like, okay, guys. Let's write a Star Trek episode. Right, you yeah. know what I mean? As close, Where it's like they're as all kind of there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as, as they're all kind of there. They're all fans, I would assume, um, or the most of them are anyway, and they're purposely making fun of stuff. But deep down, you probably want to write a Star Trek episode, you know? Right. You probably yeah. want to, you know, I'm sure they all got a, I probably, it all, it killed all of them to be able to write Riker dialogue in the last season or at the beginning of this season, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I yeah. do kind of, I appreciate it from that standpoint where honestly, the reason I appreciate it the most is because I think it reinforces my opinion that this is the best Star Trek show that's on right now. Yeah. Because like that last episode of Lower Decks was 
more interesting to me and, and felt more like a Star Trek episode than pretty much anything else we've watched from the two other shows up to this point. Well, what made it feel so specifically like Star Trek to you? I, I would agree. Like, I, I think a lot of it is blatant homages to like Sonia Gomez is the captain, which is a callback to TNG, uh, the Excelsior class. Oh, is it? I was wondering, I was wondering if she was someone I, I didn't recognize her as a character. She's, but. um, remember in the trivia game, there was a question to you about a person spills hot chocolate on which character? Do you remember yes. that question? She's the character who yes, spills I hot do. chocolate on Picard. So oh, that's is her. that why they had that beat on the bridge where the the ensign or whoever like trips and falls over? Yes, and she helps and her up and says, like, this I, "Trust is, me, yeah, I've, I've embarrassed yeah. myself in front of a, a ah, better okay. person or whatever." Yeah, I I knew that had to have been a reference to something, but I didn't know what the direct reference was. And they have other um, things like the um, it's it's like is it search for Spock like with the Excelsior ship inside that star base that that's that where they steal the enterprise oh, sure. right or that's a different yep. ship or whatever it is but it reminds me of that uh but was there something more specific that than that in terms of the narrative that reminded you or is it just that kind of like homage well it was stuff? just you know you've you've got the setup of uh your the captain of your ship is being moved off to the ship to to do bigger and better things and then you've got a first contact thing going on uh and then the other ship that you're with, you're with ends up in in distress, and so then the uh, the main ship has to do has to come up with some um, really ingenious plan to figure out how to make it through the asteroid field. Sure, you know it was I, I it felt more like I I appreciated that there was no shooting in this one. Yeah, like the last one, it, the at the end of it was just a big laser battle, which is which is fine, whatever, but. This one wasn't didn't come down to okay what can we blow up it came down to okay how do we think outside the box to solve this problem and I thought yeah. it was I thought it was a cool uh, a cool solution yeah yeah I didn't and and the and the jokes I think the jokes in that up in that episode the second episode were a lot of them were born from the situation like the the dolphin thing is born from that situation where they've got one thing left that they have to do, but he has to go through some ridiculous thing to do it. So they put right. the dolphins. I, I don't know. I just thought it was pretty clever. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have much to say about the second one, really. Um, did you like the way it ended the, as the sort of cliffhanger, semi-cliffhanger, if you want to call it that, just getting the Captain Freeman um, arrested for the season three? I I had a couple questions about this one. Um as far as what stuff was callbacks to stuff that happened previously in the season. Mm-hmm. Like I I I know that they had there's been at least one episode or or two at this point, I don't remember, uh with the pack led, so they've been a, a presence throughout the season. But I was everything that they showed on the the screen where it's like they showed the planet exploded but then they showed another picture of like the Packlet's wearing a shirt that said like "I love the Cerritos" and the Captain <laughs> yeah. Freeman like <laughs> yeah. holding, shaking hands or something. Was that did that actually happen or is that like manufactured? Because I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't remember the rest of the season enough to know whether or not this was like the culmination of of plot threads or if this was just another way to get the Packlet's in. I th- I think it is. I would assume it's a culmination in terms of whether or not it happened. I don't <laughs> I don't know if you mean that it was fabricated in the universe or it was a scene that happened, but we did not see it in a previous episode. Do you know, do you know I guess what I mean, I mean is the difference? 
Yeah, I guess I mean fabricated is the one. That I don't think it was fabricated. I think I think it's okay. supposed to be a plot tie-in. There was something I was reading on Memory Alpha about um, the captain of the Klingon ship is somehow connected to the. I know he's connected to the Packleds, but there was something that was like. Uh, The Pac-Led Puppet Master, previously sought by the Titan away team in Kayshawn, his eyes open, was revealed to be the Klingon Captain Dorg. I guess I'm I'm not really oh, paying attention okay. to this stuff in this series. Like I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not tracking these long storylines, if there are storylines. I understand that the Pac-Leds have been there for a while and there's a kind of Klingon connection there, but I, I was unaware that there was any kind of reference to a puppet master. And this is a character that we're supposed to be realizing who he is from a previous episode. Never crossed my mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that at all. And also that episode was like the second episode of the season, which was yes. like a month. Like just I know. Months ago. I, I was looking at it going like, is this the, is this the first season? No, but it's, it's been a while. I, yeah, I know the show is good on the show for like doing this kind of stuff, but I, I don't, I don't watch this animated TV show with the, with the expectation I need to take notes about what's going on yeah. and that it's well, going to pay off for me. You know, honestly, I think one of the... I'm going to say one of the reasons why that stuff doesn't stick, and, I, and I, I, I understand this is probably the reason they're using these characters, but I think one of the reasons that stuff doesn't stick more is because it's the Packleds and they're constantly played as jokes. So any long-term story that they're trying to tell doesn't really stick as much as if it was like oh okay this is clearly the bad the guy or something. Yeah. yeah yeah and i'm and i'm not and that doesn't mean that i need it spoon fed to me or anything but it's just like i think naturally the way that they play the pack leads i'm not expecting them to be a running thing and maybe maybe that's the secret to using them in this role yeah. is that, that you don't expect them to be right this. yeah that's almost the joke, you know, is that the dumbest characters sure, have yeah. this weird uh, complex plot yeah. behind them. Yeah, they, I, you know, I I have my sort of, I don't know if it's doubts, but I like I, even the joke about there's the quick cutaway to the lower decks of the Packled ship. And mm-hmm. even there, I don't know what they can do because they're just equally dumb. It's not like it's even an inversion where the lower decks of the Packleds are like the highly qualified people or something. You know, it's, right, it's, there's right, no inversion yeah. to the joke. They're just as dumb as every other Packled on the ship. Yeah. It, if if they had cut to lower decks of the Packleds and it was they were playing, they were all playing f- like five games of 4D chess or something yeah. like that, that probably is a better joke. Yeah. It, so it, it, it ends up not feeling. Um, like you're saying, it just doesn't feel like they're a important enemy that you should be taking seriously that is going to propel you into stuff. But at the same time, I don't think tracking these storylines matters. Um, I'm barely mm. aware that there is a series. I'm until the final episode appears and they make callbacks to stuff. I'm kind of unaware that these strands are even existing in the show. Yeah, you know, like another strand that I, or if it is a strand. Has that Andorian girl shown up before? I don't remember because yeah, seemed... she she was a part of the um the red shirts club that Boimler tried to join. Oh, she was yeah okay because because the way that she and uh, Mariner were interacting, it seemed as though this was like a running thing that these two characters didn't like each other. But I did not remember her at all from anything else. I've said that and now I doubt myself, but I'm I'm seventy five percent sure that's what the, I was watching with that. If you. 
Because I was also confused, and then I thought there was something that... But I guess that doesn't explain why Mariner would be the character to interact with her, unless there was some previous interact. Because Boimler would be the one that's influenced by her, right? Yeah, yeah, you'd think I'll see so. If yeah. I can look, let's see if I can look that character up for any other reason. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even think it matters. It's like when this when stuff like that comes up and I'm unsure of a character relationship, I just kind of... Go like all right, well, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. God, it's it's not sure, something sure. super relevant. Did you um, did you like the use of the senior staff? Do you, do you feel that the use of the senior staff has changed this second season? I feel it's better, and I feel the show is better yeah. for it by involving them. Yeah, I think you know, I think it's one of those things where the show has evolved itself the same way kind of TNG itself evolved. Not to put you know too much grandiosity on it, but it's. Like I, because I think the first season of of Lower Decks was kind of the Boimler and Mariner show to a, to a large extent. Yeah, um, and they have kind of Boimler especially has taken a bit of a backseat, but uh, they have definitely started fleshing out all these other characters and, and using them more frequently and and to to better to better use. I think. Yeah, which, which only I think only benefits the show. Yeah. Because there's only so many times Boimler and Mariner can yell at each other on a planet or something, you know? Yeah, it's funny because the senior staff is more limited as characters, but they are, in their limitations, they're better drawn for jokes, I find. Like, mm-hmm. um, is it It might be this episode. Like they've, they, now that they've established that Billups is from um, this, like, sort of fantasy medieval world i think he says something like dragon's breath or something is like an expletive when something happens so there's like <laughs> yes, yeah. there's kind of like jokes that they can build off of that and it you go then and you brought up this thing about his cursing and stuff uh ransom i think is always reliable is kind of like a parody of Riker, that kind of like mm-hmm. the cool guy that everyone wants to be with mm-hmm. shacks makes sense or shracks whatever his name is um as the sort of like the the high high strung security guard um I'm still not crazy about the cat doctor. Not uh, yeah, I, she's I, fine. Yeah, I, I understand it. But I it's like not. her. I like her more than I like the uh, Darmok guy. They've he's even still given up on his useless. He's, they've given up on his. He speaks normally now. He he has yeah, the joke in yeah. this episode where they he or Boimler says something wrong to him, but he doesn't speak in their language setup. So I don't even know what his right. point is. Yeah. Mm. Weird. That was a weird. That was probably the biggest misfire of the season. I think that joke. Um, mm. I can't find this character, this blonde woman, uh, lady character. So I'm going to assume that she's part of the red red coats or whatever. There. <laughs> um, kind of a lower tier episode for the main characters. Lower, lower, not lower tier, but like a less development for them. Maybe. Um, yeah, they they kind of snuck some stuff in there. Uh, like they. The bit with um, Rutherford erasing his memories and then accidentally unlocking some mysterious bit of memory was kind of interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see if they do anything with that or if they just conveniently forget or decide not to. Um, yeah. Because I, I would put I wouldn't put it past them to do that. Shows do that all the time. I like uh, the joke of his pop up bubble blocking what he can see and he can't get rid of yes, the little pop up yeah. on his screen. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I what I also really like too is and it and it continues to make 
it continues to make me invested in Rutherford and Tendy in a really strange way, just because I'm curious to see how this is going to play out with them. But I really like the scene when, when uh, as Tendy thinks she's going to be kicked off the ship, they're going and looking at these places, and Rutherford had a really nice, touching idea. And they end up in the Jeffrey's tube, and they have this moment where in any other show it would be the moment where Rutherford tells her that he loves her and she loves him. Yeah. But he says, there's something I have to tell you. I love this ship. And she's like, I love this ship too. And they just, they, they, they play that emotional scene instead of talking about each other, talking about the ship. Yeah. And I thought that was a fun inversion of that kind of thing. And, and also it just continues to make their, their relationship very different where it's like, I don't even know if them getting together is like an end point at this point, or right. if they are just, bonded on this this level that's not love but it's like more than friendship or something i don't know what it is <coughs> i agree um it is going to be it will be interesting to see where they're building to for that because it, it does feel like it could go in a million different ways um I I think it's okay. I don't. I, I think that you buy into not buy into them, but I think you like those two more than I do. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tendy's kind of a weak link as a character. She she's she's like a really she's a well fleshed out character that, contrary to how the senior staff works, where she's too broad to be specifically funny to me in a lot of ways. There's, yeah. there's not like a characteristic to her that I go. That's where you get the joke from with this person. Uh, yeah, she's she's oddly almost a straight man kind of. Yeah, where she's yeah. she's still kind of she's still got her own goofiness to her, but she's not really the source of jokes the way Boimler and Marin and Rutherford are. Yeah, yeah, and um, the Andorian female character that we've been talking about, apparently she's not striking us uh, as memorable, but she's been in eleven episodes of the show so far. Holy shit! Seriously. <laughs> All the way from the first season, she's been she's been doing things. Um, News to me, man. Yeah, I guess just I don't, and I can't even find that she's actually in the in that red shirt or red shirt crew. So I might be wrong about that, but she's she's been there. Um, I don't know when they actually gave her a name, but her name is Jen Jennifer Shireyan. Jennifer Shireyan. Um, anything else to say about these two? Or is it just kind of? A, it's, I guess it's just like a wrap up for the season. Better or worse than the um, first season. Um, I don't know, actually, um, cause I, I remember season one having what felt like a gradual upward swing where it started off okay. And then it seemed like every episode it was kind of getting better. And then it, the end of the season was really like, you know, good stuff. This one, I feel like started strong and then kind of had a bit of a dip. Yeah, but then again, finished really strong. So I I don't really know. I think I don't know. What do you think? I think I remember the the episodes from this season. I know we just watched it, but I feel like I'll remember. Mm-hmm. Like I'll remember the wage dues, the three ship episode. Sure, I'll remember. Um, and then they say it. I like I need to look at the list, but like the the plot lines of. This season felt like it was a branching out and development of what the show could do, where I think the first season all kind of had similar style episodes to each other. This one felt like there was something yeah. more unique yeah. in, in the season. I, it was probably only a handful of episodes that were 
like that. Um, where the hell is it? So it's like, I oh the um yeah I executed us the uh the hologram training program thing yeah like I remember mm-hmm. that uh, Mugato Gamato I remember for the joke about having the, the Mugato sex. Mm-hmm. I guess that's really kind of it, but I, I will remember those I think more than the sort of general sense of first the first season. So my general take would be season two was better, but I don't think it was like a whole letter grade better. You know, it's maybe yeah. just like a B yeah. to a B plus in my eyes. It, it didn't. It didn't rocket into the stratosphere, but I did think it was an improvement. It, the show felt more confident in itself than it did in the first season. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think yeah, they they were the first season was like you said, it was a they were kind of working off the same formula a lot, but this one they they broke it open a bit. And, you know, you got episodes like uh, the one where ransom turns into a god. Yes, the first uh, the, the first which, open one, the first episode. Yeah, yeah. And you know that you get uh, all the stuff with with Boimler on the Titan, and uh, yeah, I think I think they've they've found found a bit of a groove with it as far as being like you said, being confident enough with their characters and their style that they can kind of take some weird chances, and uh, you know sometimes it works better than others. Yeah, where would you would you? Give I don't this think. For, sorry, I was just gonna say I don't think there were any episodes I would say were straight up bad. Which I'm trying to remember plus. now. I'm looking at the list. Um, I mean, Kayshawn is popping out to me just because I didn't like the Kayshawn joke. Uh, but I don't remember yeah. what else happened in that episode. We'll always I, have Tom Paris. I remember being a little bit underwhelming. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I remember the, 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 the one where they're stuck in the like museum and they're running around that's in the museum. That's Kayshawn because that's the doll, yeah, okay. right? He turns into yeah. the doll. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one being being not not great. Yeah, uh, Pleasant Fountains Lie was the Combs is the computer, and that, I liked yep. that episode. That, that was a good, was a good one. one. Uh, Spy Humongous, Embarrassment of Duplers is the Richard Kind duplicating guy episode. Yeah, that one was okay. It was okay. What's Spy Humongous? Yeah. I don't remember what happened in that one. Let me see here. Uh. Anomaly Consolidation Day on the Cerados leaves the Lower Deckers with mixed emotions. Freeman attempts to negotiate peace on the Packled homeworld. Oh, I didn't. I don't oh, think I liked yeah, that yeah. one too much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I won't go through and rank these right here, but I, I thought it was. I'll ask you. We don't usually give letter grades. I'll ask you just because we don't do the uh, the ratings for these new shows. Um, and I don't think a one to five scale works for it. Would you? I, I said I would give it a B plus. I think I'll stick with that. Where would you yeah. end up on the American rating system? Same thing. Yeah, I would. I would. I would probably say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not a bad show. It's the best of the new tracks. No. Yeah. Absolutely. It's. Yeah, I think they understand, and I'm and I'm trying not to say this just because of how disappointed I get in the other shows, but this show seems like it it kind of understands what makes a Star Trek episode. Yeah, the way that some of the other ones that the other two don't seem to understand, and I don't know if that's just. <clears throat> I think it's nostalgia. even more fundamental. I think it's. I think it's like they understand television production in a way that the other shows don't seem to understand what they're supposed to do to make a TV show. Um, yeah, yeah, functional. I think. I think that's where you get into trouble with all this ten-hour movie shit that people talk about all the time. Where yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, that's not. The 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 way that you construct and produce a ten hour movie is is not 
how TV works generally. Uh, and I think the, the people working on this show, not to say the people who work on the other shows don't know this because they do, they're working in television. But um, I think probably maybe part of it, the fact that it's animated and they're a little bit more restrained with what they can and can't do. Um, it's just more, it, it seems like it, it is more suited for television episodic TV yeah. um, than the, some of the other shows tend to be. Yeah, I mean, the 10-hour the movie thing is a flawed idea. I understand what they say. It, it's basically like a PR thing to say. I think that it just sounds sort of right. like interesting to say that. But yeah. it sounds it sounds more important. It sounds know, more important. Saying, oh, we're, ma- we're making a television show. Well, nobody gives a shit. If you say we're making a 10-hour movie and then people are like, oh, is it, is it Steven, Dune? Spielberg, <laughs> Steven Spielberg makes movies. Those yeah, are important. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a dated thing. And I think it, it severely underplays what the strength of TV shows are over movies, which is that TV shows, TV shows, once they get to a certain point in their life can have an episode de- dedicated to a character who has had minimal lines at that point. And you sure. can entirely understand what this character is about in this world. Movies don't have time to do that because if that, if a subplot like that happens in a movie, you go, why is this in this? Like, what is this right, helping? Yeah. Why, what is this developing? What is well, this showing us about anything? And I, and I think, unfortunately, that mindset has bled into this idea of 10-hour TV movies because what you're talking about is what people usually complain about now is filler episodes. Yeah. And that's not really what those are. Th- those are uh, character episodes that are as important as anything else. Yeah. It's just that it's not – just the fact that it's not driving this – I got to know the plot desire that people have watching modern tv where it's like i gotta know what happens i gotta know what happens right. people think it's disposable yeah like I, do you watch ted lasso at all no i haven't seen it heard, heard good things no. about it i haven't seen it yeah i think it's a great show and in the middle or like the right around the three-quarter mark of season two they do an episode that is just completely out of left field focusing on a character who has very minimal lines i mean it's an important part of the show but he's you know he's a mysterious character sure. and you follow him for a night and it's completely bonkers and not like anything else the show did yep but it's i i i don't find it to be i find that to be as as interesting as anything else they did and uh mythic quest that show does it really well i don't know if you've watched that on apple apple tv Mm-mm, no it's it's uh it's about uh, a video game production company that yeah. makes like a world of warcraft type game um it's written by <laughs> Uh, two of the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and uh, it's it's a good show. I, I wasn't expecting to like it, but it, it's it's solid. Yeah, and like three or four episodes into the first season, I think they do this one episode that's like just about two characters who are not part of the show. It's a flashback episode talking about the relationship history of these two characters who used to occupy the building that the the current company is in. Yeah, and it's like the best episode of the show. Yeah. And it doesn't real it doesn't really ever come up again. At yeah. least not not like they don't they don't directly mention it in a way that's like, oh, I can see how this was integral to the plot. But what it does is it's giving you more uh world building and it's it's a really great episode that I think would the show would be less without it. Yeah, it reminds me of um like a modern show. I'm thinking specifically for uh something like Picard or Discovery would be like 
one of the reasons that like besides the fact that the the villains are set up badly because they're usually just a sort of galactic threat and it's not a personification of something there's no person that you can really point the finger at and say this person is evil i guess osira or whatever but she, she kind of sucks um but they the the modern shows with your thing about plot and your desire to have plot like you can't have moments where something like the breaking bad episodes that took an episode or two to flash back to gus frings or like origin story basically to you know, it shows you the yeah. connection to him and the Saltillamachia guy, why he eventually tries to like imprison him or like get one over and on, on him. It gives a motivation to like his cruelty towards that stuff where they, they kill his mm. lover or something, right? And that's what sort of like spurs his hatred of that gang um, or his desire to become the, the drug kingpin of the area. Um, the modern shows would probably see that as like a speed bump in terms of what the real yeah. plot is. And so you wouldn't get a sense of Fring would probably exist. Okay. Cause you don't really need to know that about him to get a sense of what he represents in terms of Walter White's view, but it's helpful to just it's helpful to flesh out the characters. And that's what television yeah. excels at. That's why it's a character medium and film can generally go in other directions that TV can't support. Um, who does like tree of life. Who's that director? Oh, uh, Terrence Malick. Malick. I wouldn't want to watch a Malick television series. I don't think hey, anything man. like that. I you want to you want to put that to the test? You watch season three of Twin Peaks, which sure. is which is uh, David Lynch really testing the boundaries of what people are willing to watch on television, <laughs> as far as taking his motherfucking time with yeah. doing things as slowly and as abstractly as he wants to, and you're going to watch the entire thing. Yeah, yep. you know, honestly, I think season two of Discovery actually got the closest because they kind of had that overarching thing where it's like, yeah, these there's these things out there. We don't know when they're going to appear, but we're going to go try and figure out what they are. And that yep. was actually kind of like a nice, loose thing that they could tell these smaller stories within unfortunately they had to keep tying them back to this bigger thing but like that season two episode where they go to the uh the earth church town yeah was, w- yeah was one of the closest you'll they've come in that series to one of those classic kind of episodes still yeah that's true it's funny we remember i don't it's not even like a standout episode but we remember that one is like that one felt like a real episode yeah. or something yeah and <laughs> you know like, and i i I hesitate because I know that the argument against what we're talking about is, well, why does why does TV have to only be or why does Star Trek have to be this old model? Why can't right. it go forward? It's like it can. Sure. No problem. It just hasn't shown to that to be a positive for Star Trek specifically currently. Yeah, it's. And as I always say, I don't watch a tremendous amount of television, so I don't know if this is a modern phenomenon. Based on the, I read more criticism of TV than I actually watch the TV shows. So, but it it does seem to be a thread that. So you have you have thoughts about the shows, but you don't watch them. I don't don't want to watch them. But I guess that (laughs) the only thing that sort of feeds my understanding that this is something larger than Star Trek is that critics will complain that this is a modern phenomenon that's happening. Um, yeah. which is probably drawn from the Netflix streaming binge model, which mm-hmm. I feel a little bit justified that I never liked the binge model. And I think that it's now mm-hmm. showing that it's not really a great way for all television shows to come out. 
Um, yeah, most 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 people don't do, don't do it anymore. I think it's just it's Amazon a, I, and Netflix are the only two. I think I mean it's it's both a bad business decision and a bad storytelling decision to do it. I think. Yeah. Um, so I think that they've gone back on it, but I I just don't. I the 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 um the pacing and the I forget where I was where I was going with it, but like the Star Trek the modern series sort of relentlessness to the way that it approaches stuff and it's um it's a new style that doesn't seem to understand what the most successful shows that came right before it did like it's a mm. it's kind of taking the golden age of television and not really understanding anything about what made the shows watchable and it's just like we're just yeah, going to go in a different tracks. direction and it's really strange to me because the people who are writing this stuff should have their it's their industry like they're probably immersed in right. they, they've watched all the good shows that people are like these are the greatest shows of television how can you not watch that and say how can you bring an aspect of this to even genre television in this new era and it just seems like they have no idea how to incorporate the two of them. It's strange how hey Lower Decks goes back on it. Hey, man, CSI's been on for 25 years, and it looks like they're bringing some of that flavor to Picard Season 2. So maybe, <laughs> Mark Harmon, maybe. is that that guy's name? He had to retire after 18 seasons. They're like, John Luke Picard is the yeah. new you, buddy. Yeah. Guy, guy who's been on the show welcome, for 20 years. And welcome, we can't to the show, <laughs> welcome to the show, Starfleet Admiral William Peterson. That's right. All right, we're done. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed the content today, you can support the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to support us. I don't have the page open, so I can't read the patron names. I apologize. I'll catch up and do a double next time. But thank you very much for supporting the show, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. It's much appreciated. Patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support us and get more stuff. I guess it's up in the air whether we do Lower Deck Season 2. I had said earlier I wasn't sure if I wanted to. Still. In season three. Season three. We've done season two. Yeah. I don't know. We're not doing Discovery season four at this point. Picard season two is coming. Strange New Worlds is coming. Probably not doing Prodigy. There's no reason to watch Prodigy. Um, so we'll see about Lower Decks, where it stands. In the meantime, they're going to give us 27 new Star Trek shows, so we'll have to discover what, one of those mm-hmm. anyway. But has, that's it. Has Prodigy started yet? It no, it's soon. Started, it? It's surprisingly soon. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be adverse to checking out the first episode just to see what's going on there. We can maybe do the I first. I, I, I don't know how many episodes yeah. there are. I I wouldn't it, like if if I don't know if I, my kids might be too young to watch it. Um but if they were to watch it I might just do like a season wrap up at the end instead of an episode yeah. by episode thing. But we could do the first one and just see how it how it goes or at least talk about that yeah. as a uh, off podcast thing. But we can we can watch it and go and make our decision afterwards whether or not it's we can get an hour out of it. <laughs> Not gonna. <laughs> I don't know much about that show. I know it's in the yeah, it's in the Delta Quadrant. Janeway's a hologram, something like that. Uh, you have anything you want to say before we go? So wait, wait, sorry. What's the uh, next thing for us? It's well, Enterprise. We're going to finish Enterprise, and then I guess it's Strange mm-hmm. New Worlds or Picard. It's one of those two that pops up. So. Let's just get Enterprise yeah. done. I just want to finish Enterprise by the end of the year, and then we're, we can decide what we're doing after that. We got, we got, we got seven seasons or whatever of Voyager staring down. Voyager's ahead. Voyager's yeah. down. Voyager's next. But hanging, I do want to so finish Enterprise. Hanging over us like that sword of Damocles. <laughs> um, Danglecles. Um, yeah. Uh, next week, 
so that would be the 27th, Wednesday the 27th, Amanda and I will be doing a live stream about Halloween Kills as our sort of uh, Halloween thing that we do mm-hmm. we do this year. So if you want to hear us talk about Halloween Kills in very spoiler-filled detail, you can join us on YouTube at That's around the new eight. Halloween, right? For yes, people who don't the new know. Halloween. That did really, really well, actually. It, w- it made $50 million in the theater, even despite being basically for free on Peacock. Hmm. Yeah. I... Why does why does Peacock have? Well, uh, no, I'm thinking of Jason X. I'm getting my Halloween stalker uh, slasher movies mixed up. But they they seem to have uh, the lockdown on men in masks killing people. What's the series? I don't know. I don't know where the ownership rights come from. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys do the live stream. NBC, NBC Universal. Whoever the conglomerate who, who, is, it Universal that, is. that owns that stuff, who, or is Universal just uh, the? Um, I don't think so, because Friday the Thirteenth is uh, Jason X's New Line, but the regular series yes. is Paramount. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Maybe Warner. I've, I, who, I don't know. Who, Why who does knows? Paramount Plus not have them? I guess is the question. Great question. I, I don't know. Great I, question. This will all sort us out as these contracts draw to an end. I guess. Um, what day of the week is that? Are you doing that on Friday? Is that what you said? Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. the 27th. Let me just double check that that is the date. But yeah. Uh, yes. Wednesday the 27th. All right. So you guys will be doing a stream on the YouTube channel for that. We have in Patreon stuff, we're covering Schisms as a Halloween special. The TNG episode. We're going to revisit that. We're doing The Fly from 1958. The original Fly. Not the Cronenberg one. The 58 one. And um, mm-hmm. you have... We have Jason X, which I'll be joining you guys to talk about. That's this month. I think that's it for Patreon stuff, yeah. but a lot of Halloween content. Yeah. We're it's done. okay. He just wanted his machete back, guys. It was it. You know, I'll save it for the podcast. <laughs> I'll save it for yeah, the podcast. Yeah, that, that's going to be uh, that Jason X coverage is part of the series Amanda and I have been doing where we're covering the Friday the 13th movies, one a month on Patreon. So if you would like to to follow us along, we only got two left. There's only 12. It's very frustrating. It's, only, it's been a but year. Also, yeah. It's been a year. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Rounding so there's, out, wait, there's two Christmas after Jason. Time. Yeah, there's two after yep. Jason, right? Yes, Jason X or whatever. Jason X. Then uh, we've November will be Freddy versus Jason, and December will be the 2009 remake of Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, I was reading a review and I was unaware. I thought the remake was more recent than that. They were comparing and contrasting them. I was like, I've never seen the remake, but this article was making a lot of good points about. Having not seen the movie, I was going, "Wow, they did that in the remake. That seems like it makes a lot of sense." And so I'd, I'd mm. be interested in that one too. Yeah, the remake is an interesting beast because it's kind of they kind of took elements from the first four movies and kind of smushed them all together and to make mm. one, you know, uh, ultimate version. I sure. guess you could say of the of the timeline. So a but lot not, of people uh, like it. I haven't not ultra. What is it? Ultra Jason and Jason X would say that when he when he oh, morphs Uber into Jason. Uber Jason. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, they did not make it to Uber Jason. No. <laughs> all right. That's it. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. We'll see you later.